masked monsters masquerading malevolently, ghastly ghouls growing grand guillotines, and wonderful waifus we wish weren't withering whites. We had Casey and PJ watch Tokyo Ghoul, and we're here to answer the question, was it a kawaii disappointment? All right, everyone, and welcome back to Kawaii Disappointment, your weekly journey through the world of anime. With you, as always, is me, your host, producer, and your speaking spicy, scary boy, PJ. And it's me, Skylar, your cognate kebab. And with us, as always, is our brand new baby ship to the anime world, growing up a little bit every week, Casey. I'm Casey, and I thought we were watching Scooby-Doo-Woo and the Ghoul School. All right, podcast is over. I'm sorry, everyone. We're going to pack it up. The moving crews will be here next week. Just going to wrap it up. Oh, they want to see Scrappy-Doo-Woo also. (laughs) Wow, he's on fire. Goodbye. (laughs) Well, if we weren't a little obvious about the fact that the nature of what we are watching is a little spooky, a little spicy spicy, we are watching Tokyo Ghoul this week. But with Tokyo Ghoul... I also haven't seen it. So this week, you guys get the delicious pleasure of having Skylar take over as host. Skylar, take it away. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Anyways, so Casey, this is going to be your first experience with kind of the, the horror genre. And I said kind of, but I mean, really, actually, the horror genre of anime. Are you excited? I'm so excited. Now, PJ, you've had to deal with me watching Tokyo Ghoul. Have you seen it kind of in a peripheral or? Well, I have uh, quite a lot of exposure to Tokyo Ghoul for someone that has never really seen it. I first got into Tokyo Ghoul when I went into a Hot Topic. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I saw this super cool hat. And I was like, this hat's pretty cool. And I put it on. And it was the first time I ever thought I looked good in a hat. And I bought it. And then everyone was like, wow, I love that anime. And I was like, this is for an anime? And it was Tokyo Ghoul. And I was with you at that Hot Topic at the Cerritos Mall. It was a wonderful day. Loved was, it. Was it a fedora? No. Do you want to fight me, Casey? <laughs> if you ever suggest I'd wear a fedora again, we will throw hands. PJ is a fedora boy, everyone. Get it, get it trending. <laughs> I don't think PJ could pull Casey, off a fedora, even if he no wanted to. No apartments stay for Casey. <laughs> Russ. Homeless Casey. I was like, not that anyone cares, but Casey's moving in with us, so it'll be much easier to record the podcast. (gasps) Yay. I can hear the crowd. They're going wild. They're going insane. Roommates. So, and then I've seen it here and there, obviously, and Casey will know a little bit more as we go, but the anime intro, and every weeb on earth knows the anime intro to Tokyo Ghoul. Oh, man. It's true. But yeah, I, I, even with all of that, and having seen little bits here and there, like, obviously, on, like, Watch Mojo list or whatever, I have never sat down and watched the anime. But you have, Skylar. I have. I'm very excited to explore this macabre kind of world with both of you guys. I like corn on macabre. Yep. <laughs> you keep doing the jokes. It's great. We appreciate it. We're all a little silly here. We're recording five hours later than normal, so we're all a little specie spicy. <laughs> PJ literally fell asleep about 20 minutes before recording. I woke up. 20 minutes ago. (laughs) Everyone has disassociated through all of my jokes. (laughs) (laughs) Casey, so you know that the anime is called Tokyo Ghoul. What do you think it's going to be about? Oh, good question. Good question. You know, um, I just want to be consistently correct as I've been so far in every podcast about what the anime is going to be about, if Mm -hmm. I recall correctly. I'm going to say it's about... In, they're in Tokyo, obviously. That's a little, like, you know, obvious. It's. I feel like it's just going to be another school, and it's just, it's a ghost school. Tokyo which ghoul it's funny, school. Which is funny because I was going to write a book about that, um, but I just feel like there's been some sort of, like, like some sort of, like, copyright issue we've just encountered. Um, I think they've ripped off my idea, so. Yes, yeah, so fun fact, school. Casey, very seriously, actually, was considering writing a book series about people that are ghosts that go to school. Obviously, it would have worked. These people stole my idea. Yes. Okay, so ghoul school. Tokyo ghoul school. <laughs> it does kind of sound good, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's Tokyo ghoul school. Obviously, you know what? I, I don't even know because when I, when I went to Japan, I bet I was talking about this with my friend. And, like, they probably took my idea there because they thought it was just so advanced. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's every anime. The anime executives are just walking around 
Tokyo, and they're just waiting for some random American tourists to give them their next million dollar idea. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Casey, we sent you a picture of the poster for season one. Let's talk about the characters. Absolutely. So I'm going to start with this character in up front and center with this eye patch. So what I thought about him was, um, do you guys remember A Christmas Story? You of know that course. movie from like the 40s or whatever? I don't remember when it's actually from, but you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know that part where he's like, hey, kid, you'll poke your eye out with that thing. Yes. In the Japanese version of A Christmas Story, <laughs> oh, wait. he actually oh, pokes wait. his you eye out. You a Christmas Story you think is from 30s and <laughs> it's 40s? It's from the 50s. I don't know when it's from. The What? <laughs> A Christmas story is from 1983, you psychopaths. No, but when does it take place? You would know, Boomer. Doesn't matter. Move on. I'm sorry. <laughs> he shot his eye out, kid. <laughs> wow, guys. Um, anyways, moving on. So <laughs> so the next character I want to talk about, um, there's this like short little girl with like, she's got some sort of prep school jacket on because obviously every anime starts in a school. And so- um, School school. School school. Hello. God, I'm so good at these predictions. So what I thought about her was I was like, you know how like in every group of like popular mean girls, there's that one girl that like you're kind of like, you're not that bad. Like, what are you even doing hanging around hanging around with these other like evil chicks or whatever? She's really not that mean, but she's just kind of there to get through high school. Afterwards, she's going to feel bad about it. It's like that one girl from Romy and Michelle's high school reunion that went on to be a Vogue editor and then um, really like like took it a big like step back and like was not about the mean girl life anymore that's that girl you know what i mean i see what you're saying right like that's definitely what's going on with her and you know i think after like all the mean ghouls move on from the mean ghoul school mean ghouls written by tina fey but it's like fairies Fey as in like fairies <laughs> yes <laughs> gosh i tell i'm telling you guys this is the, i know the show already. PJ, don't invite the fan to our home um okay so the next guy so the guy um in the back he's kind of like wearing this suit um so he okay if i'm tell me i'm wrong this guy is like the typical like insta model like he's one of those people (laughs) yeah total insta model he is like one of those people that like is always posing and like is like whenever you like come and take a picture or whatever or like a group photo or whatever, they're like, oh my God, this is so unexpected. Like I wasn't ready for you guys to take a picture, but yet they're always ready to take a picture, but they have to make a big stink about it every time. That's that guy. You know that person. Like every time, like, oh my God, I this is so silly. I can't believe you guys were going to take a picture today, but they're always Which, ready. Which you know, honestly, there's a lot of Japanese school animes where one of the students is like a celebrity. And a lot of times they're like models. Anyway, so the next guy, he, there's like behind the eye patch guy, there's that like scary looking, obviously I'm going to say it's a ghoul. That's Tina Fey. No, I'm just kidding. That's not what I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> no, so that's like, uh, he is kind of like, you know, if Casper, uh, before he died, like he actually died from rabies, that's what that guy would be. Like he's full on like old yeller in the future just spazzing out from rabies and that's um that's he's casper the rabies ghost (laughs) god uh that see and if if that had happened in the real series hillary duff would have never shown up for the sequel as wendy no no (laughs) ma'am okay and so then the last that we have here so she's kind of like uh, she's a she's a dom. She really doesn't like do the job for fun, but she kind of realized like I don't know what to do with my life. But like this is my window to make some cash. So let me just go in there and just scream and you know whip some guys, make some money, and like just put on a brave face afterwards and collect my cash. I know you meant like a BDSM dom, but right when you said it, my brain was like, yes, Dominic Toretto from the Fast and the Furious series. <laughs> that she does have that Vin Diesel nose. So maybe they're family. <laughs> they're family. Oh my god, I hate that ride at Universal Studios. Ride or die. <laughs> um, <laughs> by the way, do you think there was ever like a crossover between Tokyo Ghoul and Fast and the Furious? Like a million Tokyo Drift. I don't know how many there. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's Fast and the Furious Tokyo Ghoul Drift. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> what do you think her role is in the school school that you're painting? Well, if she's a a dom, and by that obviously Dominic Toretto, <laughs> then she, <laughs> um, she's in mechanic. She's a car mechanic. No, um, 
she um every time you like go on like a kink website and you mark the you're a dom and like you just show up with your head shaved and like in a white oil stained wife beater and you're just like tonight we race <laughs> we gotta protect the family that's how you do race play without it being offensive oh god <laughs> oh god everyone's gonna want to do that costume now for halloween anyways but yeah no i think her role in all in all seriousness is gonna be like because it's a school it has to be a school she's probably like a, a ghost that's like probably like the guide or teacher's aide or something like she's to like help this person with the eye patch along through the school okay okay all right love those predictions let's see how accurate they are we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna go watch the first two episodes of season one of tokyo ghoul Ghouls are a menace to society. Ghouls are worse than animals. Ghouls are filth that should be wiped away. The CCG is looking for recruits with a death, I mean, sense of duty to their community. Apply formally to our academy, or simply forego our academy via recommendation. It's actually pretty easy. The ghouls might be stronger, Faster and more adept in every field, but we can give you a sick as hell kinkai, which is basically a demon buster sword or something. So why not join? Apply at your local commission of counter ghoul. Is is that really what CCG stands for? It is. Oh, okay. Local counter ghoul office today. See you on the field, pawn er, recruit. All right, we just finished watching episode one and two. Casey, what did you think about it? Oh my gosh, that was uh, definitely more unique than I feel like what I guess I've seen in animes before. Like, wow, that was, uh, it was dark. It was um, like gritty and like, oh my gosh, I have a lot of feelings. It's I'm, very, I'm excited about the show because it's so different. But yeah, I enjoyed it. And PJ, what did you think? I thought it was dope as hell, dog. <laughs> Totes. So Tokyo Ghoul was written and illustrated by Sui Ishida. From 2011 to 2014, Sui Ishida's Tokyo Ghoul ran in the comic called Young Jump Comics. The anime premiered of July 2014 all the way to September of 2014. It only ran for six months? Yeah, that was the just the first episode. Because there's only 12 episodes, and that's the, the first incarnation. And then you have like Tokyo Ghoul Re, Tokyo Ghoul Route A, you know, and so on. Tokyo Ghoul Drift. Exactly. Interesting. So this is like a mini series almost. Yes. There's uh, hmm. several different incarnations, but they all kind of fuse together. Interesting. With that being said, let's jump into it. Intruders are reported at the 20th Ward's Aqua Building and believed to be ghouls. The CCG is dispatched immediately. At the Aqua Building, a female ghoul feasts nude on a pile of corpses. That was super funny because. I mean, like, I know it was this gruesome scene, but I, I think they're purposely trying to be a little funny because, like, when that dead female body slams against the wall and she just looks so dumb. She did look hella dumb. I was a little worried where you were going with that, PJ. You're like, this was hilarious. Dead women eating a bunch of dead bodies. And I was like, uh-oh. We're about to find out something real about PJ right about now. Yeah. Don't yuck my yum, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. We don't kink shame in this house. Uh, cannibalism? <laughs> it's right. cannibalism hey man, there are people. There are people that are legit into being eaten. Like, that's their highest It's fantasy. called vor. Yeah. Oh, I see. The differences are important. She's interrupted <laughs> by a masked man who has orders to apprehend her. They have a confrontation before the female ghoul, dissatisfied from having her meal interrupted and unthreatened, steals the masked man's pliers before taking off, leaving him enraged. Uh, dude's name was Jason, and he was wearing a hockey mask. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. That is Jason Voorhees. I was like, mm, copyright. <laughs> and like, I know they weren't like claws, but he was wearing like sharp nail instruments. And I was like, mm, and Freddy. Right? <laughs> They're like, no one has ever seen the Friday the 13th franchise. No one will ever know. Not in Japan. Not in Japan. Hey, 
That's the next sequel. Remember how Fred, uh, Jason went to Manhattan? Now he goes to Tokyo. <laughs> Jason goes Kauai, Tokyo, destruction. The female ghoul then tosses the pliers off the top of the building. Oh, yeah. He freaks out here. And you get that. Casey, you wouldn't know this, I guess, too much because you don't watch that much anime, obviously. But he has that trope from animes where when someone is, like, going full psycho, like, you get, like, a fisheye zoom in on their face and their eyes are looking in different directions. Oh, God, I love it. That's when you know shit's about to go down. We're Mm. yelling timber. Yeah, (laughs) full on. That's when the the Kesha song hits and you just, your eyes go sideways. (laughs) Yeah. The next day, ordinary college student Ken Kaneki sits at a cafe with his best friend Hide. While the news reporting the incident at the Aqua Building in the background, Hide teases Kaneki about his crush and his lack of experience until he calls a waitress over. I'm going to be that gay, and I'm already shipping this couple. I know. I feel like I do this every episode, but... I'm shipping that. That's the love interest I showed up for. Okay, so you you're like, oh yeah, Hide and Kaneki is is your Hideki? That's <laughs> that's the ship name, Hideki. Yeah, exactly. Or is it Kanade? You can't be best friends without being boyfriends. That's the rules of life. I didn't make it up. That's what it's like. Guys can't be friends. Yeah. Girls can't be friends. It's all sexual energy. No one can be friends. No one can be friends. I walk a lonely road. <laughs> Ah, this is true. After Hide takes his order, he asks the waitress's name, and she introduces herself as Toka. Kaneke scolds Hide for flirting with her until she ran away, but is then captivated by Risa. Oh, yeah. She looked like such a, like, fake anime girlfriend. Risa? (laughs) For real. You know, kind of Toka, though. Like, she looks like the very generic hair in her face, very emo. That's true. They're very different, like, anime waifu tropes. After seeing what she looks like, Hide thinks that Kaneki has no chance with her, and then he leaves shortly. Left alone, Kaneki reads The Black Goat's Egg, then notices that Risei is reading the same book. She notices him as well. Later that night, Kaneki informs Hide over the phone that he and Risei have an upcoming bookstore date. Which, I mean, that's cute. Did you guys notice when they're like reading the books in the cafe or whatever it's at? Like she's reading the book upside down. Is she? Yeah. And I was like, is no one else seeing this? Like, <laughs> I was like, if he cares enough to know, like she's reading the same book, you would know that it's upside down. What? Are you it? sure it's not it just was. Japanese? <laughs> is it? Did you look it up? Yeah. I saw the barcode on the top. Like I could tell. I could tell it's upside down, guys. Okay. I'll believe you, but if he's wrong, get in the comments, guys. <laughs> Cancel me. Casey is over party. Get in the comments. Hide rides his bike by the Aqua building where ghoul investigators Yasutomo and Nakajima and Kusaba investigate. They discuss ghouls and their lack of worth considering them worse than animals. On their date, they go to a restaurant while discussing their favorite author, Kaneki comments that Risei does not eat much, who then explains she's on a diet and excuses herself to the restroom. Ugh, those sandwiches look so good. Yes. Uh. Those sandwiches did look good. Like when they did that shot of her sandwiches, I literally was like, I, why are anime sandwiches so delicate and delicious looking? Yeah, seriously. And it's not the first time you see a sandwich, too. Oh my gosh, Skylar is the queen of sandwiches, you guys. And if she says it's beautiful, it is a beautiful sandwich. She is the sandwich. She is the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. By the way, can we, while we're in this area, uh, do you see the part where they focus in on her uh, titties? She was all, He was all up in dumb titties. Oh, yeah, he was so embarrassed, but like, mm, big old titties. He liked that titty gap. I mean, and that's what yeah. she wanted. Are you victim shaming? Yeah, that's what she wanted. She shouldn't. No, 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 no. <laughs> she purposely was. She was purposely trying to show off her breast because she's trying to entice the boy. Yeah, she was baiting him. She's not the victim. He's the victim. She was trying to eat his face. Okay, well, we haven't gotten there yet, so. After their bookstore date, Risei confides to Kaneki that she lives near where all the ghoul-related crimes are taking place and is scared. So Kaneki comforts her, telling Risei that he will walk her home. Little did he know. Bum, bum, bum. I was going to say, it's a little suspicious. I mean, no one reads that many books. Get out of here, Casey. <laughs> no As one Kaneki reads. accompanies her, he tells Risei about her life feeling comfortable around her, having only told Hidi about his past. 
Taking a turn down a dark alley as they approach Rise's home, the waitress Toka walks by with her friend and glances suspiciously at them before she continues on. See, I didn't read it as suspicious. I read it as like, oh, you're with her? She wears short skirts. I wear (laughs) t-shirts. Alone, Kaneki asks to see Risei again, and things appear to be going well. She, too, expresses interest. Kaneki blushes as she reveals her liking to him. And Risei embraces Kaneki and bites in his shoulder. Um, You know, normally when I get, like, a chunk of meat, I normally don't ask for the shoulder. I normally ask for a leaner part of the body, so. So, <laughs> she's... She just... <laughs> She just has this like sadistic joy to it, and oh, it's so sexual. Yeah, it, too. It's, it's it's a little sexy. Risei attacks Kaneki with her kagune and corners him in a construction site with her what kagune. Okay, so basically organ on their body. That's basically what they use as weapons to attack whatever they need, whether it's other ghouls, humans, etc. And it's very it's very cool because they are unique to each ghoul. Oh, that's pretty neat. I saw them. I just didn't know what they were called. Yes. So Kagune. And then that's how I introduced myself. I was a Kagune kebab because I would definitely be murdered by a ghoul and mm. impaled. Ooh, it's getting I, dark. Okay. I see that for you. <laughs> Thank you. Manifest it, sweetie. <laughs> They're in a construction site. Reese impales him. Kaneki's like, oh, oh no. And then he appears dead. But before she could eat him, Reese is crushed by falling steel beams. Oh, yeah. This was like something straight out of Final Destination. Like, out of nowhere, you just start seeing all the things. It's like, tick, 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 all breaking off. I literally was like, is this Final Destination? And Reese is canonically one of the strongest ghouls in existence at this time. She is feared by everyone. And it's just, it's really funny that she is just killed by debris. Wah, wah. I can't believe she was killed by debris and not the rest of the cheeses. Get out, oh, PJ. God. You get out of here right now. <laughs> Kaneki is taken to the hospital where Risei's organs are transplanted into him. Upon waking up, his left eye turns red and black. Aesthetic AF. Seriously. By the way, did you guys think the scene where like they were nude swimming in like the water situation, that whole thing was happening? Did you guys find that sexy? Because I thought that was the sexy part for me. It was so sexual. Sexy. It's very like water of the womb kind of being reborn for Kaneki. Ooh, symbolism, baby. Symbolism. I think Britney Spears did that in a music video once. Eat me, baby, one One more more time. time. (laughs) (laughs) Unbeknownst to him, while recovering, his nurse and doctor are concerned with the lack of appetite. Kaneki notes that since the incident, the food starts to taste bad, but his doctor assures that it's nothing physically wrong and it's most likely psychological. That many days to not be eating is a little too much. Well, I mean, for a normal person, yes. No, I know. I'm I'm saying that this is kind of irresponsible of the doctor. True. Yeah. After being discharged, Kaneki walks home and thinks that something has been strange since the incident and that it feels like a dream. When he arrives home, he finds a bag of groceries and a note from Hide at his door telling him, among other things, that he bought his favorite burger. Hide's such a good friend. He is. He's the best. A best maybe boyfriend. Maybe lovers. Stick around, everyone. We'll find out. Kiss one another. (laughs) Die for (laughs) each other. (laughs) Sitting on his bed, a television program airs, in which a ghoul expert explains ghoul biology. Kaneki panics and then proceeds to eat everything, then vomits it immediately afterwards, as everything tastes unbearable. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's not skip over the, the actual scene. Because, like, it's supposed to be, like, this very dramatic scene of, like, yeah, ghouls, they have different tastes. But so it keeps, like, jumping between, like, Kaneki, like, panicking and, like, the doctor. But the scenes are always the doctor, like, comically sticking his tongue out, like that one Albert Einstein picture. But it's supposed to be so dramatic. Like, it's, like, so dramatic and it's, like, da-da-da-da-da. But it's just, like, this doctor being, like, (laughs) nah. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you guys think that like anytime someone gets food poisoning in that town and they don't want to eat anything, they're like, shit, I'm becoming a demon. God, once coronavirus hit, since one of the symptoms is you lose your taste buds, they must have all been like, oh my God, we're all turning into ghouls. That's the that's the spinoff. <laughs> no, there's already so many spinoffs. Just like Fast and the Furious. <laughs> in the meantime, Hide has repeatedly tried to contact Kaneki, but the latter ignores his phone calls and won't open the door. Hide's classmate does not think a person like that is worth the effort, but Hide and Kaneki have been best friends since childhood. Kaneki listens to Hide's messages and the news of an autograph session by his favorite author is enough to get him out of bed. It is too late, however, and on his way home, his hunger starts to take over and Kaneki suddenly has an intruding thoughts about other people's appetizing flesh. He rushes home and horrified by his eye, Kaneki tries to deliver a stab to his stomach. Honestly, like, this is the first time we see him with uh, the red and black eye and it was just so intense. And what did you guys think about him trying to kill himself? I get it. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> On that note, Skylar, I wish I had abs that strong that would break the blade. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not really the abs, would... just the skin. <laughs> every time I've tried to impale myself, my stomach absorbs every sword. You can have that one disease where your skin slowly turns into bone. Oh, PJ, that's literally why I can't go on r slash creepy because of the fucking bone cancer of the face. Why? Now I'm just upset. She's got a bone to pick with you, PJ. So yeah, he stabs himself in the stomach and then the knife just breaks. Kaneki suffers an emotional breakdown, then wanders the streets while fighting his craving for human flesh. He chases a delicious aroma that reminds him of his mother's cooking and is hopeful that it's something harmless he can eat. He then stumbles upon a ghoul eating a corpse, and Kaneki is horrified that he was attracted by the stench of dead flesh. But the ghoul introduces himself and offers to share his food with him. Which was like really nice. Yeah, seriously. He's immediately killed by Nishiki. Nishiki is angry about other ghouls trespassing on his territory and attacks Kaneki next. Yeah, he literally like soccer kicks that other ghoul's head off. And then he equates Kaneki being there to like walking in on being cucked and killing the guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was real strange. I was like, this guy has some issues. Real intense. I will say, I too have been very predatory <laughs> about In N Out Burger. So I get oh, it. Oh, yeah. I don't like that one bit. Not Big Girl Burger? Big Girl Burger with a side of thighs. Blech. Toka intervenes, and she and Nishiki argue over the territory before a fight breaks out. It ends quickly, and Nishiki flees. Kaneki continues to struggle with his hunger, and Toka offers him flesh. Toka is confused by Kaneki's denial of it and then recognizes him as the person who was with Rise. I'm not saying it was like super unexpected that she was a ghoul, but I definitely was surprised when she was the one that came down. And I mean, I like that she's like hella powerful because she does that like, it's very like Fist of the North Star where she's like, you're already dead. Oh my way, Moshinderu. <laughs> Music plays. No, I mean, and then it's cool because you see what her kagune is and it's like this kind of like fiery spitfire thing. Yeah, it looks like a like a wing. Yeah, that she literally just like uses as like flying daggers or something. It was so cool. I want that for me. Kaneki, confused and upset, cannot comprehend ghouls or his situation and vehemently denies eating human flesh and retaining his humanity. Tired of Kaneki's attitude, Toka shoves meat into his mouth. And I feel Pinky. like this part is so intense because like he like this whole episode he is just sobbing and he's desperately just trying to hang on to his humanity you know it's so interesting because like i mean we'll get into it i don't want to actually talk about the quality of it but like the intro plays throughout this entire scene so it's like this faint thing in the background and i was like wait what's happening yes oh we're gonna get there buddy all right you guys how did you feel about Episode one. The first episode was um, so interesting to me just on like how dark it was. And that opening scene, I felt like really set the tone for what I feel like the rest of the series is going to be like. It, it was uh, it was really good. I really love um, what's the main character's name. I always get to forget like these characters. Kaneki. Kaneki. Yeah, I really loved him because I felt like it was so noble of him to like not give in to like this demon side that's clearly like overpowering his human side, you know? And like, I just think it's beautiful. 
I I just also like how much is established in the first episode. Like, I feel like you could realistically just watch the first episode as like a primer for someone and they wouldn't need an episode two to... You can make a fair assumption of what the rest of the show would be like just based on episode one because they tell you everything, almost. It's a very good pilot episode. It really primes you for the rest of the series. Yes. Agreed. Also, this sounds like shade because we watched the first two episodes <laughs> when you only wanted to watch the first episode. I was just going to say. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Move on to episode two. Still refusing his newfound ghoul nature, Kaneki refuses to indulge in human flesh. He's disgusted as Toka tries to force feed him, and he is beaten after he refers to ghouls as monsters. Yeah, that was like, I mean, like, I get it. They kind of are monsters, but like, you don't say that to their face. Yeah. Hello. Toka has no sympathy for Kaneki's flight. <laughs> Sorry, Casey, what? <laughs> no, I was going to say, it ain't easy being ghoulish. That's all I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> It ain't foolish being cool. Oh, <laughs> oh snap. Toka has no sympathy for Kaneki's plight, so continues to assault and invalidate his issues as inferior to hers. I mean, like, I get it to an extent. Like, she doesn't seem like other ghouls. She's not like other ghouls. She's not like but... <laughs> other girl. She's a pick-me girl. Exactly. Uh, she's a pick-me ghoul. Yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> She kind of brings up the point that she's like, you know, like your life, your old life is over and now you have to deal with all these problems. But like, I've never had the good life you had. You at least had time to have a life. I've never had any life other than this. So maybe like you don't have the worst problems in the world. She really wanted to know what it's like to eat cake. Yeah. And and he was like, I don't know why you let me take about a year's girl. I'm not. Foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought this was going to foreshadow her entry into caking. Exactly, yeah. This is when manager Yoshimura appears to stop Toka and remind her of Intiku's purpose. Yoshimura invites Kaneki in for coffee and learns that it's the only thing ghouls can consume aside from humans. He was so dramatic about it. Like He's like, here's some coffee. And he's like crying. And he's like, just drink the coffee. And he's like, I can't. And he's like, just drink the coffee. Just and he's like, drink oh, the this coffee. is pretty good coffee. I mean, that must be, like, such a relief, though. It's just, like, this one thing from your human past. Coffee is uh, coffee is where demons and ghouls meet. Like, that is that is the in, the intersection. And that's why I always do drive through at Starbucks. The best part of waking up is ghouls in your blood. However, <laughs> coffee cannot satisfy a ghoul's hunger alone. After Kaneki leaves, Toka asks Yoshimura about why he would help him, and he tells her about the recent incident that's been on the news. Toka is shocked to learn that the individuals involved were Kaneki and Risei, and that Risei was declared dead. Going back to that, she was like hella, hella powerful, mm. and like she's dead. I mean, was she that powerful? She just got like couldn't even see a crane coming. Amateur. <laughs> Yoshimura believes that after the organ transplant, Kaneki's body is becoming more like a ghoul's. Now there are so, 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 so many animes that has the half blood, half breed kind of architect, like. Uh, like Inuyasha, et cetera, other things, blah, blah, blah. Yashihime, <laughs> other Inuyasha properties. Danny Phantom, rogue from the X-Men when she steals Captain Marvel's powers. Hello. I would say Danny Phantom is actually way more close to Kaneki because my- Danny Phantom is basically Goat Tokyo Ghoul. By the way, sound off in the comments if you two had a crush on Danny Phantom when you were in your uh, preteen phase. Comment below. <laughs> um, we have we have all these animes with like the half breed, half blood, and um how they're ostracized because they're not part of one world or they're not they're like from both worlds, but they're not accepted by both. And um, I would say they do have the advantage of only knowing that existence, whereas Kaneki is kind of thrust into this like he was normal and now he's had this super shitty thing happen to him. And I feel like it's kind of a lot for Toka to be like, well, like, suck it up. Like, well, I don't even I just think she doesn't understand. Yeah. And, you know, it's like how white people don't understand what it's like to be other than anything other than white. 
Exactly. You know, it's like, I honestly kept thinking of that one quote from Selena while watching that scene uh, where he's like, Mexican-Americans have to be more Mexican than the Mexicans and more American than the Americans. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about the uh, opening theme song to Hannah Montana. Mix it all together and you know that it's the best of both worlds. Mix it all together and you know that it's Tokyo cool. (laughs) That's the song. (laughs) Kaneki returns home and sits in the dark, fighting his urge to eat the meat Yoshimura gave him. As his hunger intensifies, it becomes so overwhelming that he begins to hallucinate Rize. She taunts him about his half-ghoul nature and tempts him to give into his hunger. Uh, this was really sexy. Like, she is cruel, and she's, oof, she's a glen. Before he caves, he gets a text from Hide, so he tosses the meat away. The next day, he returns to school and is greeted enthusiastically by Hide. Sexual tension. I love Hide. This part was just, like, so cute. It just kind of gave it some, like, levity, like, where we didn't have anything before. Definitely romantic. Am I, is that just me? Is anyone else saying that? Romantic? Yeah, that's... That's just you. It's going to happen, you guys. It's not all about this heteronormative lifestyle that anime is trying to portray. It's, I see what's happening here. After the greeting, Kaneki remembers back to his childhood when Hide would greet him the same way when he was gone from school for a long time. After Hide shakes him out of his thoughts, he invites Kaneki to meet his upperclassmen. On the way, Hide's observant nature makes Kaneki uneasy. I just, yeah, Hide seems like he knows something's up. But and it's like making him like super nervous, which I get. Like you're trying to hide this thing, and like the one person you talk to is like, "Hey, you seem pretty yeah. sus." Well, I think it's less like you being pretty sus, and like, are you are you okay, my dearest friend, my lover? Oh, <laughs> when Kaneki and Hide arrive at the classroom, they walk in on Hide's acquaintance and his girlfriend having an intimate moment. Then she runs off, embarrassed. The awkward moment quickly dissolves as Hide introduces Kaneki. To Kaneki's shock, it turns out that the upper class man is Nishiki. Yikes. I was going to say, I hope my my next roommates don't turn out to be uh, ghouls again. <laughs> I wonder who they will be. Yep, that ghoul that threatened Kaneki the night before. Nishiki acts casually and then invites Hide to his home to retrieve something. Afraid for Hide's life, which I think is pretty understandable. Kaneki insists he come along, and Nishiki allows him to. Yeah, this is, like, about to be a murder. <laughs> Straight up. On the way to Nishiki's home, Nishiki offers to buy <laughs> Nishiki offers to buy them food. Kaneki is amazed to see that Nishiki can somehow eat human food and how well he blends into human society. Wait, hold on. Did you say human food? <laughs> Yeah, you straight up did not say food, Skylar. <laughs> yeah, human foom, everybody. I was like, what? I was still stuck on the human part. <laughs> Leave this part in, PJ. Leave it in. Uh, <laughs> okay, so by the way, on this, on this topic, though, um, I don't know if you noticed what they were eating. And PJ, I hope you particularly paid attention to this. This is something that PJ and I, like, did you see what they were eating? It was a red bean fish. Something that PJ and I, yep, in Hawaii. Yeah, on our special date night in Hawaii where we went while Skylar was off, I don't know, doing something Stupid. dumb like swimming with the manta oh, yeah. rays. We went off and watched Doctor Strange and ate some sushi. That was so much better. <laughs> so much better than swimming with the manta rays in the beautiful Hawaiian sea. You exactly. The manta rays could not have helped you in this sort of podcast. That red bean fish did. Mm, look like looks like our date had more connection. <laughs> Is this a manta ray anime? Is this a manta, manta anime? Anime. You know what, PJ? Those manta rays were bigger than the bedroom I'm sitting in right now, and they were under me. And it was uh, kind of spooky, but also majestic. Well, they're not bigger now. Uh, I've seen that head oh God. Skylar's a manta ray no, size uh, queen. If Janelle listens to this, thank you for uh, tending to my seasickness as uh, we were in the dark 
<laughs> the dark, dark ocean at nighttime with a bunch of creatures that were 10 times the size of us. And PJ, if you're listening to this, thank you for being a tender sushi eater with me. And if Betty White is listening to this, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Down the road and back again. Oh, a ghoul friend. Oh, she's my ghoul friend. Hey, hey, you, you. I don't like your ghoul friend. friend. No way, no way. I think you need a new one. So good. (laughs) That's the song that Toka sings in her head when she sees Ritze and Kaneki walking down the dark alleyway. Kaneki? Is he from, from Greece? Greece. <laughs> from Greece. Kaniki. <laughs> He's Kaniki from Greece. Also, Kaniki is the problematic one. Does he put up a fight? <laughs> this, this whole anime is a sequel to Greece. No, there's already a secret to Greece. There's already Greece a three. to Greece. Well, there's a sequel to Greece. This is Greece 1.5. It's like how Kingdom like Lion King had a 1.5. This is Greece 1.5. Tokyo, Tokyo Ghoul. <laughs> Wow, we went different. Kaniki. <laughs> there are worse things I can do than eat a boy or two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they speak with each other casually until they reach an overpass where Nishiki attacks Hide. And he just just attack him. He just like, again, that soccer kick. Yeah, he just like punts him into an alleyway. <laughs> uh, Nishiki punts Hide farther beneath the overpass and forcefully tries to get Kaneki to reveal his intentions for Hide. After injuring Kaneki, Nishiki vomits the food he ate earlier onto Hide. He doesn't vomit it. He like reaches all the way down into his stomach and pulls yeah. it out. And then places it on a person. That's a power move. And during this, he is knocked unconscious, yada, yada. Uh, He begins to taunt Kaneki by threatening to hurt his friend further. Kaneki tries to stop him, but he's too weak. Nishiki continues to torment Kaneki and asks him about his intentions, but he denies stalking Hide for food. Considering the fight over, Nishiki approaches Hide and is glad to see Kaneki is still conscious. Before he can engage, Hide grabs Nishiki's pant leg, even though he appears unconscious. Nishiki is about to kill Hide when Kaneki recalls first meeting Hide as a child and becoming friends right away. It's such a cute, cute moment. Yeah. Adorable. There. You know what? I'm starting to get sold on this ship. I knew it. I knew you, you guys. I knew it. I knew it. I'm waiting for this romance. Filled with memories of his best friend, Kaneki summons his Kagune for the first time. Kaneki defeats Nishiki, but is overcome with hunger. Also, like, just real quick, the way he, like, just fucking tears his shit up, like, he is constantly piercing him to the point where, like, Nishiki's like, stop, like, you're killing me. Oh, my God. It was really, really funny. I mean, it's so funny because I don't know what, like, the exact, exact translation is, but the subtitles on Hulu were like, I'm going to die, 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 He hallucinates Rise again, who tempts Kaneki until he forfeits to his hunger and is about to eat Hide. This part is, like, the most sexual one of all of the Rise hallucinations. Like, Homegirl, like, straight up, like, grazes his, like... Uh, yeah. underpants area a few times for real um and she's like he's yours you deserve him no one else could eat him and he's about to give in finally he's like you know what he's my friend who else should eat him but me toka intervenes and is unable to reason with him they engage in a fight and we don't get to see it yeah kaneki wakes up at antiku with a taste of blood in his mouth Yoshimura checks up on him and takes him to see Hide, who is resting in another room. His immediate relief dissipates as he is overcome with anxiety over what he almost did and the taste of blood in his mouth. Yoshimura admits that Kaneki was fed while he was asleep to satisfy his hunger or he would have killed his friend. Which, like, yeah, I get it. Like, at first I was like, I can't believe they force-fed him the meat, but... Yeah, the alternative was he was just going to get the meat somewhere else and it would have been Hide. So, yeah. You got to take the sacrifice. You got to take the L, bud. I like the part where, like, what? I forgot the guy's name, the, like, the the helper guy, the guy who's, like, the head t- teacher guy, or whatever. Um, Yoshimura. Yoshimura, yeah. I like that part where he's asked, like, what did you do while I was asleep? And he's like, oh, nothing. I just put blood in your mouth. Like, <laughs> no big deal. We fed you. Yeah, exactly. 
Just some human remains while you're sleeping. It's cool. You don't even worry about that. Feeling more alone than ever, Kaneki begins to crumble. But Yoshimura assures him that with the way he is now, he has a place in both the ghoul and human world. Yoshimura invites him to join and Tiku, sure that he could find the path he needs in hopes that he could understand ghouls. Yo, straight up, I love this guy. Yeah. He's so cool and he's so nice. And I swear, if the writers make him a villain and I ever see these writers, it's going to be on site. We're going to fight and it's going to be on site. Are you going to pull out whatever that thing's in your back and attack them with it? I don't know what that's called again. I'm going to pull out that organ that's name I already forgot. Yes. Kagune. I'm going to pull out my Kagune and it's going to be on site. Y'all, Pidge is going to whip out his Kagune. <laughs> Kaneki accepts and Yoshimari takes him to learn how to make coffee. Well, can I stumble any harder? I don't know. Are you Macy Gray? <laughs> Left alone, Hide opens his eyes and smiles to himself. Elsewhere, Amon and his partner, Mato, just arrive at the 20th Ward and are investigating the binge eater and Jason. Mato finds the first major clue in the case. The pliers Rise stole from Jason, then threw away. He says that they're like S-class things, and I was like, oh. Like, I know that we've established that the ghouls are like a part of society that people know about, but like, it's interesting that they're like... Like mark, like listed, like rankings wise. Well, yeah, because they they need to know like how dangerous they are, and the S class is like hella super dangerous. And this is where we finish the episode. What did you think, Casey? Well, I can't believe there wasn't a school. Um, I have to take back what I said that they robbed me of this idea. Now, all I'm saying is, Casey, you have to be careful now because now that you thought your idea was stolen. You've put your idea on this podcast. So you copyright. have until Monday to write the book or copyright it or else someone's going to steal this million dollar idea from you. It's going to be Fast and the Furious 14 Tokyo Ghoul School. <laughs> Just wait, you guys. That's going to happen. Um, but anyways, back to the question. Um yeah, I, I thought it was a fantastic uh, show. Like, it's I'm so excited to see where it goes. Um, I want to see kind of more of what this, like, this Jason Plyer guy and, you know, all these, these bad guys. They, and I was really, like, left off on, like, a really good cliffhanger. Um, I think they really do know how to kind of keep your interest going throughout the series because they really know where to leave every episode off. At least that's what it seems so far. You know, Casey, what, what are your guesses as to what the rest of the series is going to be about? Um, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be some sort of like the main character. Um, what's his name? Um, Kaneki. No, is that right? Kaneki from Greece. Kaneki from Greece. Uh, <laughs> Kaneki is going to, um, basically kind of learn his demon powers and then kind of become like, uh, like uh, almost like a vigilante or whatever. And just kind of take down these other more dangerous, um, ghouls. And then also at the same time kind of understand like the ghoul society better. Maybe they'll like transition into um, like not eating humans like that one Cullen family and Twilight did. You know, like <laughs> it's going to be it's going to like maybe he- be helping human society in that way. That's uh, I mean, I honestly kind of hope that your prediction is right. That sounds like it would be the coolest way to do the show. Yeah, no, I really like that theory. All right, now let's move on to one of my favorite segments. Let's talk about that intro. Now, I know I say this a lot, but this is one of my, like, favorite top anime intros. And, I mean, it's it's at least my top five. Casey, what did you think? Oh, it was so good. It was like, I know this, I feel like there's probably an actual genre for this, so don't try to read me too hard. But, like, I felt like it was, like, rock and if like techno music was trying to be rock and roll you know like i don't know it was just it was great it was like electronic rock music and i loved it and yes i'm sure there is an actual like name for it but like it was just really really good my i I know what you guys are wondering because every episode so far i've said like i want this band to do this song you know and um yeah what my campaign for is i want my chemical romance to do the song for the movie oh my Fucking oh, wow. God. I thought you were about to say like a joke answer because we made that Hannah Montana joke. I thought you were going to say Miley Cyrus, but I would kill 
for MCR to do a cover They would of do this. such a good job, Casey. I would never joke about so such correct. a good theme song as this because it was so good. And it, like not just like sounding, the visuals are stunning. When it opens up and he's sitting on the chair and it's just water and sky. Oh, my God. I, you know, I'll actually add my my thoughts to this, which I adore this anime opening. I think it is one of the best of all time. But for some reason, and I couldn't tell you why, like I even digging through my mind, my mind library, I can't find it. I hated it the first time I heard it. It's true. It's- I thought it was so bad. For like the first three times I heard it, I was like, this intro sucks. And then for some reason, just the fourth time I heard it, I was like, actually, I'm dumb and it's perfect. Really? I vividly remember this. So I have a weeb playlist on Spotify that I add all my favorite intros, covers, blah, 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 endings. And I had this song on repeat. And PJ was just like, this song is awful. He whispers sings and I don't like it. It's stupid and it sounds dumb. And then like he's like, whole intro, unnecessary. Unnecessary, don't like it. And then, yeah, I don't know. You just changed and you're like, this is perfect. I literally don't know what happened, but it just unlocked. You know, one day I guess my prejudices unraveled. Speaking of Unraveled, the name of the opening song (laughs) is called Unravel, and it's by TK. Now, what's interesting... TK from Digimon? TK from Ling Tootsie (laughs) Shigure. So, um, basically, what I love about this is the creator went to TK, like, when they were introduced and stuff, and was like, hey, we're doing an anime. I would love to I would love to have you do a theme song for this. And like he kind of just pocketed that. And then he started reading the manga and became such an intense fan of the manga. And he was like, yes, I'm going to do this intro. It's perfect. And so like um, a lot of songs are produced by the creators of the anime. And then the recording artists come in and they do it. No, he was a fan of the manga. He went, sat down, and with everything that he knew about it, created a song specifically for it. Which, and that's why it's just so so good. Yeah, it's so good. The ending theme is The Saints, sung by the people in the box. What did you guys think about that? Forgettable. Especially compared to how good the intro Uh, is. The outro is so so forgettable. I was like, what generic Christian rock song is this? Because it sounds just like yeah, that. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't like, oh, it's like trash or anything. Like, it was just not, it yeah. was nothing. It was it it's was hard unmemorable. to contend with the opening. I literally wrote, intro slaps, outro meh. Yeah, it's a hard <laughs> meh. It's a hard meh life for them. Yeah, for real. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about this. But and I realized this as I was looking at my notes. There was an after credit scene after episode two. Oh my oh, gosh! Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because I wrote down notes about that too. It was okay. First of all, weirdly cute as heck. But also, the entire time I was like, "Is this just? Are we just gonna make this Happy Gilmore joke right now?" For real. <laughs> it was like just like a random improv amateur improv scene, and I was like, "What is this?" And it was all drawn so cutely. Oh, I loved it. Like, we just have, like, this super intense seed. And then they're like, you eat poop. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. And I'm like, because it's literally like, he's like, human food tastes like horse crap. And he's like, how would you know what horse crap tastes like? He's like, it's a simile. And then it's literally every other character being like, I heard he eats poop. Wow, I can't believe he eats poop. And it was like, (laughs) this is so weird, so out of left field, and so cute. And I don't know how to feel about it. Do you think it's like their way to like get the audience to call like, I guess be a more, because it was such an intense scene. They're trying to like make them happy as they leave the show. Yeah, it's like a piece of brief levity. Yeah. With that being said, we're going to take a quick break give Casey a little bit more context and watch some more videos. Life got you down? Does everything but the taste of raw human flesh just sound terrible to you? Ante Iku's Blood Roast, made from naturally sourced beans, finely roasted and ground to perfection, is the perfect accompaniment to any ghoul's day. It won't fill you up, but it'll ensure you can taste something in your godforsaken day-to-day when you're not feasting on the liver 
of a suicidal teenager. The only good part of being a ghoul is Antehiku. Konnichiwa, my fellow weeps. Skylar here, your favorite weebish witch. Thanking you for tuning in to this especially spooky showing of kawaii disappointment. We have two terrifying tales to go this October. Though, let's be honest, we're just going to be making jokes the entire time, so no need to be scared, or is there? The only scary thing you have to worry about is how scary good our social media is. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Kawaii Desupod, or by searching for Kawaii Disappointment Podcast. Or go to our website, kawaii-disappointment.pinecast.co, for links to those socials as well as our episodes. We appreciate all of you spreading the word about us, and we love hearing from you. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue our terrifying trials of terror as we have Casey watch Helsing Ultimate. We hope you'll join us. We promise not to bite. All right, and we're back. Now, Casey, seeing some more context, do you have any questions? How are you feeling? Oh, my gosh. This is uh, such a – it's so much bigger than I thought, like, the show was going to get to. Because, like, like just seeing – because I don't want to, like, spoil anything for what I saw. But, like, like there's definitely an evolution of uh, the main character, which I will never get the name right. Because I think I want to say Kaniki from Greece. Kaniki. Uh, <laughs> it's Kaniki <laughs> from Greece now. Um, but, no, so uh, Kaniki, uh, his, like, character, like – evolves so uh to like so much different than of a character that i thought he was gonna go which i think makes it very exciting and also seeing like you know all the clips we watched it was all within that first season you know there wasn't like any of the spinoff uh clips or anything like that it was all the first season so i feel like every episode you're gonna get um a store like a piece of the story that is close to the plot it's not gonna be throwaway episodes and it's gonna be um it's gonna keep you hooked so um I think it's a great show. There's definitely no filler episodes in season one. And it it's just amazing world building like constantly. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I thought it was super cool. I mean, now I definitely feel inclined to like, you know, take the dive. So, I mean, Casey, you obviously pointed out that there is a lot of evolution. And uh, I would say Kaneki's biggest struggle is maintaining his humanity. Casey, watching all of these clips, did you come out with a favorite character? So I also, um, Skylar showed a, a clip of this one um, character. What's his name? What's the gay purple-haired one? Shu Sukiyama. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I like, I, I, I like, I liked him. I liked his confidence. I liked his flamboyance. I just, you know, who doesn't, who doesn't love a, a confident flamboyant character? Am I right, guys? Wink. Yes. So, um, it's really interesting uh, because meeting him, you kind of get, um, you're introduced to ghoul cannibalism. Like, it's not supposed to be a thing, but there's like a subset that that does practice it. You know, it's kind of like how Kaneki wants to keep his humanity. Once you eat a different ghoul, you're just like off the deep end. You become unhinged. Sukiyama, uh, he is obsessed with Kaneki's scent because it's unique. He's half ghoul, but he's still human. Um, he partakes in cannibalism, and it's kind of this, like, it's this cute little, uh, oh, I'm going to try to eat you today. And Toga's like, uh-uh, no, no. My favorite character, based off of literally nothing, but seeing them for a few moments in some of the clips and their mask, is Renji. Oh my god, yeah, Renji is he's perfect. Yeah. Like literally we barely get any Renji content, but like the second I saw him I was like that's my favorite character. So, Casey, if you take a quick look in the group chat, you'll see that I sent a picture of Kaneki wearing his uh ghoul mask. Yes, which you saw in the poster originally thinking it was a different character, understandably. Yes. Right. Casper with rabies, right. <laughs> 
So the importance of masks is basically um, all ghouls wear them like when they go hunting. Well, I guess not all ghouls, but most ghouls wear them when they go hunting so that they're not tracked down by the, was it CCG? It's great and it expresses like their personalities. I agree, everybody. It's important to wear masks. Wink. You know, all I'm saying is this, all I'm saying is Kaneki couldn't taste things and then he wore a mask. That is exactly what's going on right now. <laughs> Corona, baby. Coronavirus, one of the main symptoms is that you stop tasting things during your like asymptomatic period. And if that happens, you should start wearing a mask to protect other people. And that is what Kaneki did. Now, don't go into the second part where you start eating people. But that's neither here nor there. If we don't contain coronavirus, this is what's going to happen. Going back, you see uh, when he gets that parcel of meat, basically it's their like ethically sourced meat it's it's harvested from people that have committed suicide interesting that kind of reminds me of iZombie a little bit yeah pj you're right it is kind of similar to iZombie except for um hot sauce it's coffee yeah all right so we've come to the part of the show casey will you continue to watch this anime you know, I would definitely be interested to see how this works out. You know, it's it's not a huge commitment um, because I'm afraid of those. Um, but <laughs> just kidding. Um, it's, it's only, only like, 12 episodes. It's 12 episodes. It's action packed. Like and kind of what we were saying earlier, like they know how to leave you wanting more. So I would totally um, be interested to find out how this whole like ends up, you know. So, yeah, highly recommend would totally go back and watch more. Tis the spooky season. Mark that as a will watch in the Casey playbook. Hell yeah. Now PJ. Oh yeah. I'm for sure going to watch this. Like again, I've always been adjacent to it and I just, it's just slipped off my radar, but I think I'll finally sit down and watch it. Perfect. Then we can continue watching the rest of the series together. Well, I'll just watch the first 12. Oh, okay. PJ, (laughs) PJ, you said you're adjacent to it, but there's actually a Jason in it. (laughs) <laughs> can't see you guys but i just we're dabbed off fight. camera the second you show up at our apartment we're gonna fight all right you guys it's time for my favorite part of the podcast is there an mv for that <laughs> and we have two players today so two songs two artists who wants you to know go what first? i'm gonna i'm gonna throw out a gauntlet i'd say whoever has some more amvs for their song is declared the winner this is a rare competitive versus mode. Is there an envy of that? Oh, perfect. Mm. Who wants to go first? I'd say Casey should go. Oh, gosh. I have two artists in mind. Obviously, I can only choose one. Um, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm going to go with My Chemical Romance. Okay. And I'll, I'll tell you after PJ guesses his, like, what my backup was. Yeah, I'm going to go with Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. All right, let's check. And we have both. We have, let's count. It looks like six. I'm surprised there aren't more. I was like, wow, Casey's about to end my whole career here. Okay, PJ, what artist and song do you have for us? Now, I want to just give you the context for this real quick. So I, too, have two backups that came to me during this, which I will also reveal a la Casey after this. But I had an original, and then at one point during the episode, when we were talking about uh, Hide, you said, oh, his dearest friend, and my brain immediately went to Hurt by Johnny Cash. Aww. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, they're straight up also six. <laughs> Yay, we both get to win. Everybody wins here at Kauai Disappointment. Yay! Yay! Everyone wins, except for me. You win oh. in our hearts. Wah, wah. See, I I would have thought that Casey was going to go with Helena for My Chemical Ooh. Romance. So, okay, Casey, you say what your backup was. Okay, so my backup choice was going to be Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. Ooh, so I had two. Ooh. So my original was Maneater by Nelly Furtado. <laughs> uh, and then at one point when Casey was talking about the romance between Hide and Kaneki, I was like Bad Romance by Lady Gaga. Oh, that'd be good. That makes sense. Uh, and I've uh, just uh, just as a heads up, I've looked them up. Both both also would have won some points. Do you want to know the one that I would have gone with? Yes. Three Days Grace, uh, Animal. 
Nine. Oh, I'm the winner. Ten. You're not competing, ma'am. This is a one-on-one. You're not competing. Twelve. She doesn't get to win, you guys. <laughs> also, there's a lot of songs that are titled "Animal," so I don't. I'm not positive that you've. Won. No, it all says three days grace. We're gonna cut animal. this part out. Skylar cut it out. Doesn't yeah. Deserve any recognition? Don't. I swear to God, if you cut it out, Skylar. Um. Hey. Uh. PJ. Future PJ. Please cut this out in post. Don't. Hey. Future PJ. PJ ignore Skylar. Cut this out in post. Uh. Hey. Future PJ. This is um. Me offering you a little something something if you don't cut this out. Hey, future PJ, maybe keep this in in the edit. <laughs> hey, hey, PJ. <laughs> all right, so that does make this a three-pointer, obviously. That means that it had all three, the artist, the song, and the anime featured. But, Skylar. Now it's time for our super secret bonus round. <laughs> Evanescence, Bring Me to Life, AMV. Is there... An AMV for Tokyo Ghoul. Of course there is. There is. There's more than 12. Yeah. I checked earlier today. <laughs> you know what? Of every anime that we've done so far, this is the one I'm least surprised. There's uh, Bring Me to Life AMV for. Yeah. Honestly, I would probably rank Fruits Basket as the least likely. And there it was. Yeah. Yep. This secret fourth point isn't that secret. That makes and the it's most sense. kind of not impossible to get, so... But Tokyo Ghoul, another four-pointer in the bank. Amy Lee just loves making AMVs about her music video. I know they're all Amy Lee making them. And that's why she's changing her name to AMV Lee. (laughs) AMV Lee. (laughs) AMV Lee been called out. Oh, Oh, God. God. Well, this has been a fun journey through the world of Tokyo Ghoul. But unfortunately, that's all we have for you guys this week. Uh, we hope you had a good time, and we hope that you join us again next Monday when we have another episode. But until then, I've been PJ. I've been Skylar. I've been Casey. And we hope your week isn't a quiet, quiet disappointment. disappointment. Woo! Tune in next time. Sugoi. So